All right. Well, welcome to the My Pivotal Moments or MPM podcast with Sue and Brett. My name is Brett Nelson. And I'm Sue Steinfeld. And we're excited to share stories and experiences about those pivotal moments that we've had all had in our lives, whether it's a moment that caused you to pivot professionally or with personal relationships or points of inflection that took you down a completely different path and planned. These are those pivotal moments that keep life exciting, challenging, and amazing. So What's the latest? We have uh, we haven't connected in a couple of weeks. So Sue, what's the latest from you? What, what any pivots this last couple of weeks? Uh, an interesting pivot, I would say. I'm currently working on a new certification, a new coaching certification. Nice, nice. And what's the focus? The focus is getting and finding a serious relationship. Okay. Where you know maybe you've dated in the past and you've done it in a way that isn't serving you to the best. You're meeting people that really aren't your partners for life. And so if you're really ready and serious to find that your, your partner or to really decide, maybe you don't want a partner right now. It's all about relationship coaching. Sure. I love it. I love it. So when you're, when you're learning about this, is it, what's the process of learning? Like you and I are both learning professionals. And I think there's some great learnings that we can take away from how to go about, you know, because sometimes the tendency is just to start jumping in, maybe both feet and, you know, iterate as you go. Is this, I'm sure as if there's a coaching methodology that, that there's like a, a discovery time or a definitional time or something like that. What's the process that you would, that you're, you're coaching your clients or would coach clients to make that kind of pivot? In this certification, we definitely are utilizing a lot of tools for self-discovery and clarity as a beginning is like a foundation is like, because part of it, imagine if you're in a relationship, if you don't know who you are or what you're all about, then you, you're part of the problem. Exactly. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but keep well, going. Yeah. What is self-discovery? Keep what, what more about that? So yeah, self-discovery, we're looking at what's important, the must haves and nice to haves and really mm-hmm. being able to distinguish between the two. So for example, you know, as coaches going through a certification, we have to, we have to go through all the activities ourselves. Sure. Of course. And so when I looked at my must haves and my nice to haves, I realized I was mostly dating and picking my partners from the nice to have. Oh. And as you know, Brett, I've been single my entire life. I'm I'm well on into closer to retirement than anything. And, um, I finally found my partner and that's because I really focused on the must haves. It's going beyond the surface. Okay. So we're going to make you blush here for a second on this. And if you are on, if we're on camera, we do this. What's one of the must haves for Sue then? Like what, what was it like the nice to haves would be what, and what would be a must have in your, in your case? And I could probably show the same. The, one of the must haves was I am a very independent and strong-minded woman. Wait a second. You what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Agreed. Check it <laughs> right on. Okay. So you're very independent. Keep going. And I, I really have to have a partner who understands I've built a life with friends and my family Sure. and they have sure. to appreciate that. They have to appreciate that I'm going to want to go out with my friends by myself or I'm going to want to go visit or travel and do something on my own or maybe with a, a girlfriend or somebody in my family and that they have the confidence and understand our relationship is strong enough that it's not sure, threatened. sure, sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's something that's, come into so oftentimes in relationships and again uh is focusing on when when you become enmeshed 
<clears throat> as a relationship where you lose your identity. I think that's actually, it's not very healthy because you learn, you forget uh, who you are. You forget your, your, your likes, your dislikes. I mean, it's good thing that they start to mold together and start thinking alike and those kind of things. But I imagine that independence is critical. So how, what was the nice to have? Again, I mean, that's a transition. That's a huge step. And yeah. a lot of relationships fail because they don't have that interdependent. They're interdependent, but they're not, you know, they're enmeshed, if you will. They're they're so tightly that they don't have an, an individual identity. What were some of the nice to haves? The nice to haves are hiking. I like to oh, hike. Hobbies. 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 I'm a total foodie. <laughs> okay. And I love to travel. Yeah. And my partner is not really a hiker. It's not, it's not as into food as I am. He likes travel too, uh -huh. but where he's willing to do it. Sure, sure, sure. And that's, I think, the, 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 the glue that is there, right? It's the nice to have is like, we have similar hobbies. Sure, that's cool because we both like to hike. But if your entire relationship is built around hot, uh, hiking uh, and it starts to snow. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and even a, an interesting nice to have, which I thought was a must have. Mm -hmm. But I realize again, it, it might not necessarily, depending on the extremity of it. Sure. Is being completely aligned on political views. Okay. Okay. And as you know, that can cause a lot of friction in a relationship. <laughs> Familiar or romantic <laughs> or whatever, because don't talk about politics, religion, and what was the other? There's another one right there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that other one? I forget. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but. We, our political views are, we have some overlap and we have some definitely not overlap. Sure, sure. But we learn to navigate and respect each other's views. Sure. Okay. So zoom back. So that that's the, that's where we're putting a microscope on, on Sue's life here, but zoom back out in terms of like talking about pivots as a coach. How do you help people go through that discovery process? Because I think that's that's the trick, tricky part about it is, again, if you're looking at this and life's going along and you're missing the moment to pivot or you're missing the moment to to switch tracks because you don't see it, you're not aware of it, how do you help a client get there? It's, it, you know, with coaches, right? We get curious and we ask a lot of questions. I think our role is also to challenge. Okay. So if somebody has something in their must-haves sure. that may feel, without judgment, might be more on surface level. Sure, sure. Challenging that individual to look at their past relationships that haven't been successful and really dive in there and say, if this person had everything else on your list, they respect you, they're intelligent, they challenge you, are you okay to let go of this one thing? Or sure. are you okay to let go of these two items? Like he has to be six foot five or she sure, sure. has to be a hundred pounds, right? Right, 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 right. Okay, so then what's the process to get there? Like I appreciate that as a coach and say, I'm challenging, I'm asking questions and being provocative. If you're going through that self-discovery though, are there steps to, to that self-discovery? Is it a matter of like, I'm gonna go into some kind of sweat lodge for a couple hours and then come out of it like enlightened? Or what? what's the process here that when one would go through in terms of that? Because that's a coach supported. What if you're on your own? Well, I think, and this probably sounds cliche, it's a journey. Mm -hmm, so sure. each relationship, I feel like you can learn something from each relationship that you engage in, including sure. friendships. So for example, Think about your successful friendships. 
Maybe they make you laugh. They completely accept you for who you are. Sure. So why, so really helping that person look in their, what they surround themselves with Yep. and, and how to now make that into your, when you're looking or seeking your partner, mm-hmm. why are you okay. not looking for the same things? Okay. okay. So it's helping them kind of reflect on their successful relationships and even their not successful relationships. So it's a sure. learning. When I, I think it extends also, like you're talking perhaps even like personal relationships. I think it also, that same kind of thinking pattern works in a professional setting too, is like, which jobs or which teams did you thrive in? Like where, where were you, your, your best employee or your best teammate, if you will, what, what were you doing or what was the elements that existed in the, the team dynamic that made it successful? No, same, same kind of process. Absolutely. And when you're looking for a job, what must it have? What's nice to have? Yeah. I was talking to a gal yesterday and we were talking about kind of uh, some thoughts around employee engagement and such like that. And I said, I, I think we get so far down a path that sometimes we lose our North star. In fact, I made reference to our North star conversation as saying it's similar with the relationships too. It's like you get so enamored by like maybe the next thing or the the hiking hobby or whatever, and kind of do a deep dive on that. And then maybe you forget like your North star, like what is really the most valuable thing in a person, a, a long-term relationship, a work relationship or whatever, because you start losing your identity. Again, you become enmeshed into something else that may not be who you are. Exactly. And I, and, and 10 years later, you're like, wait a second, I am completely off track or incongruent. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> what some of your must haves and nice to have you, you, you're, you're married. Yeah. Almost uh, 19 years at this point or 19 years in September. So I think that the, definitely the nice to haves were some of the the hobbies and some of the things that we had the similar interests at the time, especially in college. But now, you know, almost twenty years later, I think that definitely the must to haves are just comfortable and again that that inter the independence of being like I can go and do my thing and she can do go do her thing, yeah. and it's not a threat, and it's complementary and oftentimes. And I mean, obviously kids are one of those things that kind of glues us together in that way, but from a relationship, and this is, I've learned this also through COVID as well as my wife's gone back to school for the second time and recognizing that independence in my own thing, my own stuff and her stuff. And then I think what's the must, the, the, the must have is there is an interest, a mutual interest in each other's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. A curiosity and uh, a process of, of being able to complement each other. So like if I'm interested in saying, want to learn a new hobby of mountain biking or something like that, she's, yeah, go, you know, go. Not not like, hey, you're, you're, you're taking time away from us. No, it's more like if I'm doing my thing and she's doing her thing and we're both very content, that balance is good because then when we come in the middle on those things, it's even better. You have, you're bringing new experiences and, and conversation, right? I yeah. mean, 20 years, you want to still have conversation, have things to talk about. That's right. That's right. Even though they're different activities, it's not leading separate lives. It's bringing those separate activities back together, right? Well, and I think part of it too, the journey for me personally too, over the years has been learning to be more integrated with my own self. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because again, it's very easy to become like, you keep using that word enmeshed. You become like, again, we're all one together. I'm like, well, that's not really healthy because 
you don't think for yourself, you don't have opinions. So it sounds something like this. Well, what would you like to go to dinner? Well, let's go to Mexican food or whatever. Okay. Well, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to tell you that I didn't like Mexican food because I didn't want it to make you upset or I know how much you like Mexican food. So I'm going to be a victim here and go, even though I hate it. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's not healthy, but it's, but, but, but it's also recognizing that there's puts and takes. So that's definitely a must to have. The other part is just having a great sense of humor. Life is so <laughs> tragic as it will, or exciting, sad, all those, but being able to say, look, we can just laugh at it and have a, and that's not a nice, that's a, that's definitely a thing to be able to be lighthearted because if you're too serious or things are too, sto- too just, man, we got to laugh. <laughs> got to laugh. That is, that was part of my must haves also is laughter. Got to okay. have laughter in your relationship. Sure. Sure. I love that. And I think again, as it extends, so related, unrelated, I love this process. So when you work with your clients on that, are you having them actually go through again, kind of a, a write it down, like write down your must to have, how do you determine between the difference? Like you're, you're looking at a, a, a pivot or across the road and you're saying, here's the things that are my must to haves and here are my the nice to haves. How do you determine which is which? It, the person, I think, that is up to the individual to figure. Of course, of course. And 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 I do feel like as that coach, you really have to challenge and say what has been working for you and what's not working for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So and how do you define working for? I'm gonna I'm gonna dig down uh, a little further. What do you mean working for you? Because let's just say they went on a deep dive and they're like, oh, I love mountain biking, I love hiking. That was working for them, but really at the core of it, it wasn't. It was more of a fad or it was more of a hobby. What do you mean working for you? I, I define, and I'm glad you're asking, the working for you or working for me, whomever, yeah, yeah. is their success. And that okay. success we're defining as a long-term committed relationship. And for those who want to get married, leading to marriage. Okay, okay, okay. So then take it out of the marriage context and say work context. What's working for you, right? Where have you had successes? Where have you had wins? And if it ultimately is like, I, I want to stay here, I want to have a career here, I want to progress here. Is, is it, sim- do you feel like they're parallel kind of conversations? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because we're not siloed individuals. Every, uh-huh. Everything overlaps. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't just be myopic in what we're looking at. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So one of the things I read an article this morning, the Gallup came out with their uh, employee engagement or the state of the workplace. Uh, report this year. I just, I think, I don't know if it's new. I just, I just got it just a couple of days ago and was reading through it. And one of the statistics is saying is that, that managers today, 75% of employees are disengaged or are related to the manager's ability to be a, man, a good manager. Right. But the, it says the caveat was the managers right now today in the workplace. And I imagine this is also in personal relationships too. So there's a bridge there and what we're talking about are missing tools. Yeah. But then I link myself, if you're reading that with one lens, you're thinking tools, okay, cool, an HRS system or a new performance management or a new app or something. Like, I don't think that's what they're meaning. Yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you feel like they're, they're getting at? I think it's what we're talking about here and helping managers be able to navigate decisions like the nice to have the versus the must to haves, because it's like we can manage our team for all the nice to haves and be really cool if our team did this or really cool if we're doing this. But ultimately, if they're not, if they're, 
struggling to find, to get the must haves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the last four or five years, there's been a weird, really tug, weird tug of war because managers have been the face of the company where people are not in the office per se. And so they've had to been both a cheerleader for the companies that they work for, but they also have to be kind of somewhat the emo- relationship, emotional coaches for their employees. Yeah. It's a tough role. Management is tough. So then how do you, how do you decide, like maybe some of these people have been <clears throat> given an opportunity to manage because they were good at their job or whatever they've been promoted, or that was their next step in their career. But how do you, can you make a pivot back and say, I just want to be an individual contributor. How would you coach somebody to say, maybe management, it's not that you can't be a manager, but maybe you're not your best self when you are managing people. How would you coach that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And when I say management is tough, it's because you have to wear so many hats. Yes, yes. Especially the middle management level, right? You have to take the goals of your leaders and the CEO. You have to be there for your team members and you have to help develop them and motivate, inspire. It's not just doing tasks. If you want to be a great manager, right? It's not just tasks. I think for... Me, when I'm coaching somebody, it's getting really clear with them on what energizes them at work. It is. It's the same thing. Keep going. Keep going. You're right. Right? It's what energizes them and what is depleting them. Mm -hmm. And if that list of depletion is all about the fact of overseeing others, that they can't be themselves, I think it's that really hard conversation to say, would an individual contributor role be would you be happier? Mm-hmm. And what gets tied into that is ego, I think. <laughs> it takes yeah. a lot to say, this isn't the right position for me. Because, right, we put a level of prestige. There's also monetary yep. incentives, yep. right, when yep. you start getting bigger titles. But is that short-term or long-term happiness for the person? Yeah, it's either bridge we're talking now is like how this is actually works in relationships too. What if you're in a relationship, let's just use the word, uh, let's say yoga or my, mountain biking is like a thing, but you, you're you like, I just want to be on Saturday morning. I just want to watch cartoons and eat cereal. Right. I don't want to have to go out and blaze the trails. Right. And then you're like, but I'm doing that over and over and over again for the sake of the relationship. Well, I, we have so many good things in common that my ego won't let me let go of the relationship in that context because I want it to work so badly. Same with management. I, I feel I feel like there's a bridge there. Yeah. So it's, when you, you said the tools, I think that's what the tool is, is, is how to help managers or how to help yourself identify where what's depleted versus what's energizing. And then ultimately what's your must to haves and nice to haves, no? Yeah. Yeah. And right. And you can tie that all to your North star. What, what is your North star that guides you that bring that aligns with your values <laughs> that brings you happiness and it all fits together. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, that's 20 minutes conversation. We could just pick this up the right. I love this. So a couple of things I'm hearing from you as a coach, again, both a relationship is this is be very clear when you're making a pivot in a relationship or maybe in a work context is be very clear about your must haves and your nice to haves. And where have you found success mm-hmm. or where do you feel like you want, you've won the game? Like you, you were had a winning record in those things, and you're not going to win them all, but you you definitely are recognizing where you have your wins and, and your, uh, you know, your must haves and, and nice to have. So that's, that's what I'm hearing today. Yeah, I think that's a great summary. 
So I love it. So I, well, I, let's go to wrap with that today. The thinking about this is if you're making pivots and you're looking at this, look at your must haves, look at your winning, where are your best self and look at the opportunities of what's depleting you. And if it's ultimately not serving you and your goals, then you probably need to make a pivot. Yeah. So. You make some good, hard decisions, but that's what life is about. It is. It is. Well, that's it for today. So thanks for joining. We'd love to hear your pivotal moments. Appreciate the feedback or comments. So remember, any moment can be pivotal when you keep your mind open to possibilities. So enjoy the journey.